0: Welcome to the Camera Therapy Podcast. I'm Damien And
1: I'm Aline. And
0: today we are talking about should you go to film school? Should you go to film school? Yes and no. If you're the type of person who needs that motivation or if you're uncertain about what you want to do in film and you need to find yourself, then I would go to film school. And honestly, I would start with the Media Fundamentals program, like that program, that entry-level program, I would start with that and take time to figure yourself out when it comes to you being a filmmaker. But if you're the type of person who is kind of already doing it, kind of already putting things together, um, if you have that entrepreneurial mindset where you're already, like, if you're making moves, then I would say, at minimum, find some online courses that you can take, keep creating, and then start investing in gear.
1: More importantly, I think it's, not even a should you, maybe it's more like a how our experience went, and it wasn't even full on film school. Just as a disclaimer, we both went to the same program, which is why I thought it was we thought it was a great idea to do this episode, because we went to the same program but at different times, and it it's not. It's like a one-year condensed version of a media program that's supposed to sell you ongoing for the full four years. It's a it, it was titled the Media Fundamental Program. And that still gives you a lot of insight into what you can expect for a media arts program. But I think we wanted to talk about our experience in a media program and what we liked. Because there's, there's there's good stuff there. And then specifically for me, there was things that I didn't like too. I
0: enjoyed the Media Fundamentals program that I did and if you're in the States or you're listening somewhere else in the world, essentially we're from Canada, so media fundamentals is like the course you take before you take that big film course that's like four years or three years or something like that. And usually film courses here, um, if you're taking like a three, four year pro- program where it's like you get a degree or an advanced diploma, then it's like fifty, fifty thousand dollars, sixty thousand dollars around there. So it can get really expensive real quick and that that cost that we're talking about right there is not that's just like your tuition that's not including you know set cost and then rental fees if you want to rent cameras rent gear rent sets like spaces to shoot certain yeah like if you want to go above and beyond exactly so depending on you know how you're scoping film school it could end up being a lot more money than that then you gotta think about You know, you're paying for food, you're paying for transportation, and then if you're staying on campus, then you got to pay for a dorm, like it gets expensive real quick. So we're going to weigh out pros and cons for you. This is kind of from our experience and then just from what we've seen, I'm going to speak on, you know, behalf of like people that I did this one year program with and then, you know, some of them went and did the three, four year program and I didn't and I can just tell you, you know, how that's played out for us. A lot of people kind of have a different opinion on this topic uh there's a lot of youtube videos you can watch and i guess it all depends on you know who you listen to and if you value their opinion and uh, you kind of have to make that decision for yourself all right so i'm going to start with some positives i'm going to talk about why i think film school is a good um is it's definitely good and i'm going to be more general so i'm not going to talk specifically about the courses yet i'll kind of break that down afterwards so the great thing about film school, whether you're doing the one-year program, that that entry-level program, or doing that four-year program, is that you can network with the like-minded people. It's hard to find like people who are passionate about the same thing as you or filmmakers. But if you if you go to film school, it's kind of like everyone's already there. Everyone's already trying to get a mark, get a grade. Everyone pretty much, if they just you know spent all this money to go to film school or you know, they signed up for this, then everyone's kind of hyped to kind of get things going and get things started. And just being able to have access to all those people in one place is not easy. If you are not at film school, and you're trying to look for people to work with, you're going to be on like forums, or you're on Kijiji, or you're trying to find them in spots where it's it's a little bit more difficult to just come across people, you know, that are as passionate as you um And yeah, in my experience, that's what I found, like being in film school, like I was in that one year program and I think the most, the best thing for me was that I was able to just find people to work with easy. It was just easy to find people and it got to a point where because you're at film school, most of the time at film school, you're going to have actors, like there's going to be some sort of acting course at the college or institute that you're learning at as well sometimes Um, and in that case you also have access to actors new actors who are once again just trying to get their feet wet trying to get their foot in the door so pretty much with that said you're not spending money like i guess you're not spending money on actors or you're not spending money on dps or assistants and all that kind of stuff right everyone's kind of there to grind to get to kind of get their feet wet so that's the biggest thing is yeah
1: to add to that uh to your point is the yeah, because I can make the argument that, oh, I can network outside of film school. But the great thing about film school and networking is you get a mix of people from different walks of life and people who won't necessarily be going down the same career path as everyone else. And I think that's a good thing because you're it's the f- few years in your life where you can actually have direct access to people who think very differently. Even though you're in a niche program, you're still going to get people who branch out from that program and either go commercial or go into more freelance or go into the traditional Hollywood career. And that's, that's still invaluable, making those connections for the long run.
0: Yeah. And just to kind of piggyback off what you just said too, is you will make friends and connections that will serve you later down the road. So there's, I have a lot of friends who, um, that I met in film school, I'm not actually making films at this point like a lot of them are kind of trying to get into the film industry but me I kind of branched off found my niche and my niche at this point is weddings so I'm not really working with any of those people but when I was doing filmmaking even a year after when I started making like my first actual film um, a lot of the people that I met in college I kind of had them helping in some way shape or form or they were involved in my film in some way shape or form so I didn't keep going with it but having those relationships building those relationships with those people um, it's different than if you just met people on a set these are people that like literally you grinded with that you grew with the people like you know when you start out when you don't know nothing these people were there learning with you so you can kind of figure out I guess school is a good stomping ground to kind of figure out who's good at what and who's going to do what. Um, if you can build like a little, if you go to film school, try to think about, can I build a team of people to kind of ride this out with? And then outside of film school, can can that team of people be the people that I keep working with to make it in this industry? That's, that's how I would look at it. And...
1: Yeah, and that's a that's a pretty big benefit that you can give to no matter where you're going to go to film school. It's like it doesn't matter what program you're talking about. So it's not specific to what we went to or what people in the states go to. Pretty much almost anywhere you go to a film program, you're bound to get people from all walks of life and that's something you, it gets harder and harder to do as you grow older in any field you're in
0: I guess the big question I guess let's talk about our experience yeah
1: I guess I'll start um yeah I went I just a little background I went to film school um, because or that one-year program media fundamentals because it was a compromise from my parents at the time I told them that I don't want to go to school and they said you should at least try to go to school and see if you like it because they think that's What's important is getting a degree, etc. And I was like, okay, I'll do this program and see how I feel and make my decision a year later. Um, So already you can tell by that I wasn't really into the idea going in. Um, So I was already like one foot out the door type of mentality going in. So I want to make that disclaimer as I move forward, just so you know where my mindset was going into this program. Um, so going into this program, I spent the summer leading up to the September because our school will start September here. Um, I spent the whole summer, maybe longer, maybe four months, literally teaching myself whatever I could about filmmaking, whether it was the basics of how to use a camera, the exposure triangle of ISO, shutter speed and aperture and like all those very basic things. Um, so by the time I got to the program, I felt that I was already at least on the technical sense, good. And I felt kind of bored in the program because not only were the things that they were teaching me things I already taught, but then there were some programs that I literally didn't care about that almost felt like filler courses. And that experience basically got me to the conclusion that I found it was not worth my while to continue to the bigger four-year version. And I personally didn't enjoy my one-year stay there either. Um, by the end of this, se- by the second semester, I was already checked out, and I was like, "I'm just gonna get my grades and go." And it didn't help that I was already working on side projects by myself. Um, some people took the time to make like their school projects like really stand out and like make them unique. Um, I didn't do that. I didn't care, and that's not a good way to go about it. Like, if you're gonna go to school, like you sh- and pay for it, you should at least put in the effort but i did spend my time outside of the program making my own projects because i didn't like having to follow the guidelines of the of the project um, and once i graduated i continued to pursue the, my career more independently but i did make some connections while i was there and they did help me at least in the beginning i'm not in touch with them any longer but it's not because there's any bad reason it's just that we kind of grew in separate directions but they definitely helped me get my career started i had people access to for gear locations and i was on their projects too and these are the kinds of connections you make that once you get further in your career like you're also putting in the work to put yourself out there these people can come back because if they're still grinding you're going to be running into someone familiar, and it's easier to reach out to them and be like, Hey, we went to school together, got this project going and, you know, ask for advice or ask for a favor or whatever it is. And so I would say that that value is something I still appreciate, even though I didn't enjoy my time there as much, I do appreciate the connections I've made. Even if I'm not going to be working with them every day, I know I'm going to talk to them in some shape or form eventually down the road.
0: In this industry, it really is about who you know, like who you know is really important. If you know the right person, they could give you that opportunity that you're looking for. They could get you in a room um, where you wouldn't have been able to get in unless you knew somebody. I guess I'll transition to my story. So so when I graduated high school, I knew I wanted to go to film school, but I definitely didn't have enough money to do so. I come from a one-parent home, so my mom could not afford to send me to college. So I figured if I'm gonna go, it's gonna be me uh, financing the whole thing and I'm probably gonna have to work while I was in school. When you go to college, take advantage as much as you can. I came out of high school, I took a year off to save up money for this course. So to give you some perspective, Media, media Arts was the, the, the longer course and it was about 50 grand for tuition media fundamentals was only about five grand so there's a significant difference in tuition fees and i mean media fundamentals is only a year but even if we did four years it's still way less than media arts when i came out of high school i took a year off saved up money and my intentions were to go for media arts like that was my intent i remember i auditioned and i honestly the bad thing that i did and i think there is a learning learning experience here is that I actually auditioned with a video that everyone liked. It wasn't a video that, it was just this music video that I did that was supposed to be like a joke. And that's probably a mistake I made because it didn't really show off my creativity as a filmmaker. It more just showed, like I just went with a video that I thought everyone liked, so I thought they would like it too, but it was the wrong video for me to show. So I'll say that just from personal experience. Try to kind of, Whatever video you use to audition, try to make it something that shows off your talent as a filmmaker. Not just a popular video that everyone liked, but a video that shows off your talent as a filmmaker. Um, and try to look at it from the standpoint of, okay, what's the lighting like in this? What's the, the narrative? Can Does it show that I can tell a story? Your your camera work, like your shots. like When they're kind of dissecting your video, they're going to look at these things like, Where does this guy have potential in many different things? Because when you go to film school, you don't necessarily know right off the bat what you're going to specialize in. Is it going to be your editing? Are you going to be a DP, director of photography, which is like a camera guy? Um, Are you going to be a director, a producer? Like they try to look at, maybe not producer, but they look at different things in your film and they always ask you, what did you do in this film? So you want to kind of, whatever you're trying to Whatever video you're trying to put forward, you want to try and make sure that that's the thing that you can talk about in the video that shows your skill. And for me, that's where I went wrong. I showed a video that, honestly, I wasn't even behind the camera. I was in the video, like, rapping, which it was a joke. It was supposed to be a funny video, but it really didn't show off my talent because I wasn't even behind the camera. I put the video together, but honestly, I had other... At this point, I had already filmed my own short film where I wrote, directed, edited, shot it. Everything you could think of, I did. And and I didn't show them that, which was the biggest mistake. I should have showed them that. So long story short, I actually didn't get into the program when I auditioned. I pretty much didn't get in. And I was kind of shattered by that. There's people that I went to high school with that applied for the same program and they got in and I didn't. And they're just like, oh, we really thought out of all people you would get in.
1: Yeah, I kind of had the same reaction with my group of friends.
0: Yeah. So that just went to show that I there was a miscommunication in my like in my potential just because I showed them the wrong piece of work. I didn't want to spend another year out of school so remember this was a year after me taking a year off from high school right um out of high school i took a year off so and then i auditioned got rejected so and then i said you know what i'm gonna go for media fundamentals instead so i went for media fundamentals and my mentality was that i'm better than this program and i'm better than probably most of the people in this program or oh, i just so, wanted so to kind of something like me. To myself exactly <laughs> <laughs> so i'm like But what I decided I was going to do, which I've never done in my life, I have a learning disability. I'm like, I'm going to graduate this program with honors.
1: Damn, that's impressive.
0: Yeah. So I said, that's what I'm going to do. I didn't even know if it was going to happen, but I'm like, I'm pretty much no BS going into this course. Like I'm literally just going to be so focused on school and I hated school. Anyone who knows me knows I hated high school every minute of it. I was known as the guy that would walk around with the big headphones because I literally just wanted to zone out from high school entirely. So I pretty much just made it a thing where I'm like, no, I'm gonna like literally knock this one out the park. I took literally any opportunity I could to make a video. My teacher, my professors would give me like projects where their instructions on what to do would be very loose. And then I would just take it upon myself to try and do something 10 times bigger than what they expected. And that's the thing I would say to anyone who's listening they are not going to give you the perfect outline of making it big. You have to think big right from the jump. You have to try and figure out, okay, how do I use this to my advantage to make this way bigger than my professors giving me instructions? I don't know if, it, if what I'm saying is making sense, but what I'm trying to say to you is think big
1: yeah like they'll give you a a simple assignment for example like they'll be like go out and interview people but see if you can make that cooler than it sounds or add a story into it Um, make it layered don't just be like here's your interview footage and make it look like some grade school amateur production
0: exactly if this is not you want to try you have okay look you go to film school you have all these people standing there they're in your group you have all this potential to make something try to think big try to shoot for the stars because you may not get that opportunity again where you're going to have all these people accessible to you who are going to be working for free. You might leave college and then if you want a PA, if you want a director of photography, you want all these people involved, you might have to start paying them. And even if you don't pay them and you have a film set, you're going to have to feed them. And that is a given. You have to feed them. So Take advantage as much as you can. And that's pretty much, I'll speak for myself, that's what I did. I The best story I could tell you was I had a teacher who pretty much she gave us a project and we had to make a short film. And you had to pitch. You always have to pitch, like, these things to your professor before it gets the green light. And the green light means, like, it's good to go. And I pitched this story and I had, like, a lot of things in it where... Like, I was going to do visual effects in it, I had guns in it, I had people getting shot, people, like, this whole thing. Like, I had a makeup artist for this thing, I had multiple sets, like, I had this whole thing in my head. And then she looked at me and she said, that's too ambitious because you only have two weeks to get this, and if you don't get this in you're risking at failing this course. And she's like, I would replace the guns with like bananas or make it like less ambitious because you're not going to be able to do that in two weeks. And I'm like, I went and sat down with my group and they're like, okay, how are we switching? And I said, we're not switching it. And she's like, and they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, we can do this. They're like, how are we going to do this? I said, if you, and that's that, if, if you want my advice, if you are very organized, if you are very organized and very, good about time things can be done like within reason like i mean you ain't there's certain things you're really not going to be able to do but try to think as big as you can and then just make sure you're very on point about how it's going to play out and that's what i did I got that project done, I got a 94% on it, not 100 because she said I spelled February wrong in one of the scenes. But she said from that point on, she said I proved her wrong and that she expected more out of me after that. We did three scenes and actually one of them got deleted so it was only two shoots we did, sorry. It was only two shoots. And that's another thing, try to think outside the box when it comes to gear. So I didn't have no money for lights. The camera I had at the time was a Canon T4i. If you guys have heard me talk about cameras, that's the camera I had. It was a T4i. And I didn't have no special lenses. I was using the stock lens. And then lighting, I wanted to do a scene where in the middle of the room, it was supposed to be like they're having like an intense interview and then it was dark all around them. So I took a light from Ikea that was like 10 bucks, and I put like black garbage bag all around the light so that the only... Lighting that was exposed was right down the middle because I wanted like that intense dark room, but then the lighting only in the middle of the room. So being really inventive, exactly. Pinterest, man, we didn't, I don't even think we had that back then. But try to think outside the box when it comes to you know, we want this look, how can we get this look on a budget? If you're trying to figure things out like that, go on YouTube. It's the little details that are going to make your film shoots larger than life and for me I say all this to say if you're gonna go into film school if you're gonna spend the money and spend the time try to think as big as you can and within reason though and I that was pretty much my mindset all throughout film school I have got invited to parties I wouldn't go because I was just like I literally am here I'm paying for this I don't want to waste my time
1: yeah, that's a good mindset to have. Like if you're going to be paying for something like film school, you should give it your all. Um, I think sometimes you can fall into the trap of being like, oh, I'm paying for this program. It's going to give me everything it needs because all, all I have to do is throw money at it. But your career is not going to f- come to fruition by just throwing money at it. And that I mean that both in terms of school and buying gear, which is something we're going to talk about a lot on this podcast, which is like, Money is not going to buy your way into success.
0: There are so many students in those courses. There's so many. No professor is just going to be like, he's special. And then like just focus on you and like build you into a filmmaker. You kind of have to have something in you that wants to make films, that wants to be ambitious, that wants to move things forward. Because outside of film school, no one's going to tell you to make films or make moves. You have to be somewhat motivated to make things happen. I heard a lot of people when I was in my course, a lot of people complained like, yeah, you know, this course isn't what it was. supposed." like they expected media fundamentals to be like media arts, like they were going to be on like film sets and like.
1: Yeah, exactly. um,
0: It's not media fundamentals is not going to be. And I'll say that just just to differentiate the two courses, media arts, you're going to be not to say you're going to be on film sets like you're going to have more opportunity to to make film sets to have you're working with cameras like real cameras like cinema cameras and stuff like that and you have studios that you work in all this stuff i had a friend who did media arts and she she did that i would come visit her sometimes and i was kind of envious like i would come and she's working on film sets and they have like a full-blown crew and a switchboard and switchers and like all this stuff right and it's felt like 10 times more legit than anything I did in Media Fundamentals. But you have to really think outside the box uh, when you're doing that. Yeah, in because some ways, gonna...
1: like the limitations of Media Fundamentals gives you enough flexibility to still be like an independent filmmaker mindset where you have to figure stuff out for yourself. Um, and if you were to jump straight into media arts, you could argue that if everything's kind of handed to you. In terms of equipment and everything, you might not get to flex those problem-solving skills that you need as a filmmaker.
0: To be honest, if you could do both, I would do both. I would do the first year in Media Fundamentals just to figure things out. Just to figure yourself out. It's a
1: really safe way to figure out if it's going to be right for you.
0: Mm -hmm. Because that, I'll say this to kind of conclude. So I pretty much got through Media Fundamentals. I did graduate with honors. Personally, like I, I enjoyed the course only because it just what I made of it. Because I was, I was talking to Aline today because we were talking about recording this episode and we were just talking about reflecting on the, the professors we had. And I had one professor and his class pissed me off. Like it, his, his, his course was about, it's just like every week we'd come in and there was a whole room full of people and we would just be talking about politics. And it would get on my nerves because I guess the course is called Media Fundamentals. So you, you study um, film, and then there's courses where you study media, like the news.
1: Yeah, they had social media even... per- courses as well. And yeah. like YouTube specific, and then like film history. They they tried to make it as general as possible.
0: Yes, and that, that course used to grind my gears to no end and i stood up one day in class and i said or sorry i raised my hand and i said what is the point of this class and everyone kind of some people looked at me funny and that's another thing man you're not going to be friends with everyone the film industry breeds a certain type of people
1: and certain type of ego
0: exactly and some people like i had people that's the thing when i was trying to make moves and trying to make things happen i had people that were like at least respected that or they wanted to work with me. And then I had other people that were just petty. And just because I was doing things, they wanted to one-up me. They wanted to compete with me. Honestly, you want to try and collaborate with as many people as possible. And that's what I was trying to do. But then you had people like, I would try to collaborate with them, but they were too hell-bent on trying to outdo me rather than work with me. And to be honest, try to... Be humble. Do not try to take over. If you're going to go to film school, it's got to be a collaboration thing. And I think that's what I, when I went to film school, I found a guy who was a way better director of photography than me. Way better. He actually had been on film sets. So I took a step back and said, I'm just going to direct. And I had more time to kind of talk to actors and you know try to get them in in the mood and psychologically in the scene and if you watch if I watch back anything that I've done the moments where all I had to do was just direct there's a serious shift in like in in my in like the actor's performance rather than me trying to direct film be the light guy be the sound guy be like all these guys what about you alina actually because i know you you have more experience than me when it comes to i guess that
1: traditional filmmaking and film sets kind of stuff yeah
0: yeah because you've i know you've been in situations where you're playing you're playing all hats and then other situations where you're director and you're telling someone else what shots you want right
1: yeah i've 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 had the ability to do some tasks like I've so far I've made maybe two short films that I've written and directed by myself, and thankfully in both of them I got other people on board to do things like sound and camera, so I can focus just on directing. Um, because the web series I made straight out of, I guess media fundamentals, it was me doing everything, uh, camera, sound, lighting, literally one man crew, no exaggeration there, I, like. On some shoots, I'd be lucky if I had a sound guy. Um, But for the most part, it was a very voiceover-driven project so I can keep the crew short. And there's a huge quality difference when you can step back and do one role. Um, You have more time with the actors. You have more time just gathering your thoughts as a director because when you're doing multiple things, the thing that's going to suffer the most is probably the directing because it's not something you can do. It's not something you see the results of right away like you can be like okay i got my sound good i got my lighting good my camera good and then you're like at that point you're pretty much like all right let's just do this take and see where it goes and because you've put so much time into setting up the scene you're kind of like you're running out of time essentially and a lot of filmmaking is time um and if you run out of time you're gonna have less time to give them multiple takes or notes or you might not even be in the headspace to be like oh what do I want from this scene you're just gonna be like okay it looks great it sounds great let's move on and that's this position you don't want to be in if you're directing and making your own stuff is you're you want that direction um you don't want to just be the guy who's the producer and running the show and just making sure everything's technically done because then the film just kind of lacks that extra oomph that makes it connect with the audience because people are connecting with the actors first and foremost um i think filmmakers tend to forget that as beautiful as we can make our craft be it's really the humans in it that draw people in first and it seems that even in film school that's less and less focused on it's Really a craft you can't teach, maybe that's why. I think you really have to be someone who's genuinely uh, an empathetic person or someone who can convey, an, um, convey emotions a certain way and communicate with people. So, yeah, you would have to really take the time to do that when you're in film school and be the director and see if that works for you.
0: I say all this to say, network. Network find the people that you work well with. Try to be honest with yourself. Ask yourself what you actually want to do in film. And film school is a great place to do that. Media fundamentals, I kind of figured that out. I figured out that I love directing. You know, I thought, "Oh, I love cameras," but honestly, when it came down to it, I don't love cameras like when it comes to films. I love cameras, but I'm <laughs> I'm saying like when it came to being on a film set,
1: you're not gonna be the dp
0: yeah i wouldn't be the dp i even i would see film sets in toronto and that would never the dp that would never interest me it would always be the director the guy who's getting who's focusing on the actors focusing on the mood focusing on what the vision like that was it for me so
1: yeah and this is not to throw shade on dps or other roles i would i want to share like a little personal thing i don't even think i've told you this damien maybe you felt it on some level but my path on as being a filmmaker is like i'm like you where directing is really where my heart lies but you've probably known me for quite some time and you haven't really seen much of my work as a director like you've probably seen some stuff i've shared but nothing as of late and you've seen me produce or dp things more and yeah. honestly speaking, that comes from me being kind of scared to put myself out there as a director and a writer, um, because to me, as much as I understand what goes into lighting and camera, um, and I, can, I, think, I think I can pull off DPing adequately, and it's something I'm mildly interested in enough to be inventive and creative with every project, it's not where I want to be and that the reason I've done it for as long as I have so far is because it's like that lukewarm safe spot where I can be like oh I'm close enough to being like a creative input on this project but I'm not the director so none of the risk rides with me it's more like I was like a big piece of the puzzle but I wasn't like the main thing driving it and that's something that outside of just film school, like as a filmmaker in general, you're going to take time figuring out what role you want. And even when you've figured out what role you want, you're going to take time warming up to it and practicing it because a lot of filmmaking is putting your heart out there and wearing it on your sleeve. And yeah, you just have to kind of try over and over again and be okay with, I don't know, making something really stupid, but
0: I, t- I totally agree with that, and that was really interesting hearing that because I've never heard him tell me that story.
1: <laughs> it's something that I'm trying to come to terms with now because I want to make a web series again after so many years, and it's going to be my own thing, and I'm like, I know why I haven't been doing it, and I'm just, like, really being honest with myself now. Wow,
0: that was that was really interesting because I've never heard you say that before. <laughs> yeah. Just piggy- piggybacking off what you just said, so I would say in conclusion, guys, Go to Media Fundamentals to get an idea of where do you where, where you'd like to position yourself on a film set. Do you want to be a director? Do you want to be that guy behind the camera? Do you want to be the lighting guy? Do you want to be the first AD? You know, you and I won't explain what all those positions do, but you kind of need to figure out where you position yourself on a film set. Because if you're on a real film set, you're not doing every single thing. You can't just one-man bandit to paramount it's not going to happen
1: <laughs> yeah and there's so much more i want to dive into but i think for the scope of this episode i won't but i do want to talk about how if you don't go to film school there are some really cool alternatives that give you similar benefits to film school like just being on a real set and being a pa or a production assistant but that's a whole different topic and we can talk about it but it's not film school is not the only option because i know money's not a thing for everybody like it does cost money to go um, but definitely do media fundamentals first or any similar program in your area where it's a one-year version of your full media or film school program. That's going to really help you understand where you want to go. I would say
0: film school is for
1: certain people.
0: I think if you need some sort of motivation or you need to find yourself um, as far as figuring out where you fit in filmmaking, then I would go to film school. But if you're the type of person where... You're already starting to network outside of film school and you're already starting to just make films and make art and discover yourself. I would invest money into some form of online education if you're motivated enough to keep with it. And if that's how you retain information, then I would say it's obviously a cheaper alternative and a great alternative. And I would say start investing in your gear. But you need to do research. I'll say this too when you go to film school they kind of start you with the base of everything they do not go into super super detail like if you go to film school and you decide your specialty is editing you're going to learn a lot about editing but you're not really gonna learn 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 about editing until you get out of film school and start applying what you already know it's the same thing with directing they can only teach you so much it's gonna be how you apply that and apply it to what you do outside of school. So film school is going to give you the base. I know a lot of people that went to film school and they probably don't know half of what I know. And that's because I spent a lot of time on YouTube, spent a lot of time on, you know, just researching a lot of stuff. I worked at a camera store with Aline and then learned a lot there too. And then just outside of school, I learned way more than I ever learned in school. So I've done a couple courses, online courses. So the number one online course that I'll recommend, I know some people are going to roll their eyes, but I've actually done this course. Full-time filmmaker has been my favorite course. That course is not specific to filmmakers. There's different things that they teach on it. I think it's a good starting base and even for the price, if you get it on Black Friday, I think you spend like under five hundred dollars for it. And I think it's normally like seven ninety nine or something like that. The way they teach um is very easy it's engaging and their videos are all quality and even if something's outdated they always like update it and they just keep adding stuff to the course and it's a lifetime membership so you pay one time and then you have that membership for life let's put that into perspective
1: like that's cheaper than one year of media fundamentals
0: exactly and i actually bought this course twice
1: oh you did what do you mean
0: yes So I bought it pretty much a year after it came out, and I looked at the course, and I'm like, I know a lot of this stuff, and I asked for that like refund within the 30 days. Oh, I see. He gave me a refund, and then two years later, after, I was kind of just dabbling, and then I found out that they added a whole section on wedding videography to the course. I'm like, what? I'm like, these guys are adding stuff to this course? And at the time, they didn't mention that they were going to be adding stuff to the course when I initially enrolled the first time. And I explained that to them. I said, hey, look, uh, I didn't know you guys were adding stuff to this course. I said, I had asked for a refund, but I want to re-enroll. But I actually had to pay a second time. So I paid twice. And honestly, I don't regret it till this day. Right. It's one of the the best... I think it's one of the best... like. As far as getting your your value, I think that's one of the best online courses you could get. Another course that I haven't done this course, but I know it's out there. It's by the Buff Nerds. Um, they actually do film shoots and they do music videos and stuff like that. And they have oh, I think a I've seen courses. their
1: stuff on Instagram.
0: Yeah, you've probably seen the ads going pretty rampant. I don't know how much they charge. I think, I think he has he has it sectioned where it's different. There's a cinematography one and then there's one on music videos. They have different categories um, and I'm pretty sure those are lifetime memberships as well but check them out because they actually work on film sets and stuff like that. And then if you guys cannot afford to pay for courses like that right now, online courses, a couple that I would look at uh, or a couple people I would look at online, I would look at Peter McKinnon. I know everyone's got their mixed feelings about Peter McKinnon. Peter McKinnon is actually from Toronto, like we are. And honestly, the way he presents and the way he puts stuff out there, um, it's very easy to learn from him. His perspective on certain things is cool. Not everything he teaches is something that you're gonna use, but I would definitely check out Peter McKinnon. You can check out Maddie Hapoya. Sometimes I find that they're a little biased towards Canon, but that's a different conversation for a different time. They are brand ambassadors at Canon, so. You take certain things with a grain of salt, but the principles they teach
1: you are transferable basically to any gear.
0: Yes, I would say that. And there's Philip Bloom. I never learned from Philip Bloom, but I know he's out there and people like him. So those are the online courses I'd recommend. If you're like me, I'm a wedding filmmaker. So if you're looking for a good course that's wedding filmmaking, I would check out Philip White. He has a very great course that is more he pretty much teaches you how to be like a minimalist when it comes to doing wedding videography. So he pretty much just shoots with his camera and one lens for most of the day. And honestly, that you'll see a lot of people, they have a lot of gear. And over the years, um, I know this is with Aline too, we've learned to kind of not so much focus on the gear, but focus on other aspects of filmmaking to improve our videos. Yeah. And Philip White is a great, his course, uh, the Philip White Wedding Masterclass. Check him out. I think his course ends up being like two hundred or three hundred bucks or something like that. I can't remember, but um, his course is his masterclass is awesome. It makes you see things entirely differently. Another one to look at is uh, for free. I would say check out Wedding Film School. Wedding Film School. <sighs> Wedding Film School has been around for a long time. Uh, There's a guy named, why am I forgetting his name? I can't remember his name, but Wedding Film School has been around for a while. They're on YouTube. Check them out. But that's just wedding filmmaking. If you want to get into music videos, I don't have a course for you, but I have two guys that you should definitely check out. You guys could check out the guy that I mentioned earlier, Buff Nerds. They do music videos. Check them out on YouTube. And then one guy who is not as well known, but you definitely need to check him out is Creative Ryan. He has been doing music videos for a while. Uh, He's from Atlanta. I've spoken to him. I've followed him for years. His digital products are amazing. He sells products uh, for music videos, but I've used his products for other things as well. And he's amazing. YC Imaging is also a guy who does music videos and he's from Atlanta as well. Um, And those two guys, the content they put out is amazing. They're down to earth guys, super honest. I don't know them personally, but their work is incredible. So if you think you want to get into music videos, definitely check out Creative Ryan and YC Imaging. And yeah, as far as courses are concerned, that's those are the people and courses that I've actually done. So I'm only going to speak on stuff I've actually done. So those are the courses I'd check out. Another one, sorry for wedding films, check out The Luxury Look. Um, it's a course that teaches you how to book high-end weddings, like ballroom style weddings, that kind of thing. And that's another thing I would say is when you're trying to pick out an online course that you want to take, especially if it's like if you if it's wedding films, try to look at the type of weddings that that company, like the person who's doing the course, what kind of weddings do they shoot? Because those are the kind of weddings they're going to teach you to shoot, or they're going to teach you how to get those weddings if you want to do music videos, try to look at the guys that you're learning from. Creative Ryan and YC Imaging, they do a bit of everything when it comes to music videos, but they mainly do rap, hip-hop music videos. So that's the perspective they're coming from. So when it comes to online courses, essentially when you do an online course, you're going into a niche. A niche style of learning, a niche style like whoever that person is they they they're they're giving you their perspective because there's so many online courses out there so when you're trying to get a course try to think do i like this person's work do i want to learn from them i know i just went on a serious rant about courses but i would say if you're not going to go to film school invest in online courses and then invest in your gear
1: what i wanted to talk about just briefly because I rem- I just thought of it while you were talking about courses and I just realized how many you've actually been a part of or taken um what's unique to me is like you still have your own style I don't think you you've already I think you already kind of knew what what you want out of your film uh, wedding films and I just don't see something where, like, you've watched these courses and it's now all of a sudden your style has changed up. I think what you probably take from them are, like, where am I lacking? Maybe in, like, what can I do more practically? Or maybe it's a workflow thing. But what I really appreciate and admire about you is, like, you've done these courses, but you've never kind of swayed. Like, you've been pretty firm on how you want your wedding films to be. And that's something that I think maybe beginners won't really have right away which is why I liked that you mentioned the whole try to go with someone who matches your style but that's I think something that doesn't necessarily even apply to you because you already had something figured out
0: yeah I think it's good like I do courses just to keep an open mind because you never know you know you might go watch a course and you might you're always going to learn something new and that one or two things you might learn might change how you do things, right? And some of these courses, like, i done Luxury Look. I bought Luxury Look, and then I bought Philip White's course. And they're both wedding filmmaking courses. And then I have Full-Time Filmmaker that has a wedding filmmaking thing in it. But all three of those guys film entirely differently. Jake Weisler, uh, I can't remember the, guys that, the name of the guys that run Luxury Look, and Philip White all film entirely differently jake weisler's weddings are more they're more uh outdoor weddings and for the most part from what i've seen his his weddings are more boho and like outdoor and he's also from utah so that's kind of the style of weddings they have there and then philip white he's in the uk most of his weddings are high-end weddings like he has weddings where Ed Sheeran's just you know singing at the wedding like that. Those are the kind of weddings he's getting. So his whole market is entirely different. And then luxury look is actually kind of an in between. Like their their weddings for the most part, uh, they're high end weddings as well. I'm learning from all these people because their perspective is different, and you kind of want to take things here and there from each person. And even then, if I told you how much I spent on full time filmmaker Philip White luxury look. Um, all those courses combined, I still spent under what you would pay for media fundamentals. I probably spent that. Those courses added up is about less than two grand, way less than two grand.
1: Yeah. So there really is no reason why people can't get an education in filmmaking with or without film school. There's still film Especially education in this day. Yeah.
0: Especially in this day. Cause we, we didn't, didn't have, have these us- options. Nope. We didn't have none of these options when we started.
1: Yeah. The whole independent filmmaking craze was just starting. Like while we were going into school and like the people who were already kind of like steps ahead of us kind of crafted what we what we see now.
0: So you wrote something down here. Can you tell people you said film shoots are 12 hour days?
1: Jumping right into like, like if you're on the fence and you're listening to this podcast because you don't really know what to do. There are some things I can share that might help you make your decision about the career in general. And that's, um, if you're going to work on a film set, you're going to be spending maybe 80% of your time working, which is not something I think everybody is up for. You have to be a certain type of person, and then on top of that, you have to be passionate about it. If you want to spend 12 hours minimum, this is not even an exaggeration, but that's 12 hours of your time on a film set. Yes, you get breaks. There's rules and regulations for that. You get fed as well. Um, But that's not even including your travel time. Most film shoots happen at least really early in the morning, or they go late into the night. So your work-life balance is going to be all over the place. Um, And then there's going to be months where you're not working at all, and you have to be okay with that, and know how to budget your time and money. And this is the realities of a working person in the film industry. So if you're getting into this, you're coming out of high school, or you're just kind of like in between things, and you're like, do I want a career in film, like filmmaking on sets? that's what you're looking at and if you're going to be working up from the ground up working from a production assistant and going up you're going to be doing that for quite a few years Um, if you're someone who wants to get unionized you need a certain amount of set hours to be able to even apply for union Um, you're looking at a huge amount of time spent working which is why people kind of say filmmaking is like a young man's game Um, just because when you get to a certain point in life you want to kind of shift your priorities and have a bit more family, uh, family life balance. So, if you're gonna do this, be prepared for that, whatever that means for you. And just to give you guys
0: the polar opposite, so Aline's more into film, and then I'm into weddings. So, with weddings, if you're if you do want a lifestyle where you do want to have a family, or you just you're not into like the 12 hour days. A wedding could be 12 hours, but for the most part, you dictate how many hours you're working because when you give packages, you're like, you know, you're kind of in control of how many hours you work. And then depending on that, you're paid accordingly Well, for both, but you're, you're in more control of how many hours. And then even if you're on a music video shoot, typically a music video shoot's not gonna be 12 hours, right? Like you're, you're gonna have scenes and set shoots or you're more in control exactly right so you got to think about when you think about filming you know where do you see yourself based on like me personally the deal breaker for me when it came to film was the fact that I wanted to do things I just don't like the film industry itself a lot of the people the egos all that and for me I liked some form of consistency and with film there's not a lot of that so that's why i kind of veered off and just started doing other things i like weddings because there's still an aspect there for fil- for telling stories like telling two- a story of how two people met and then no one's story is the same so i like that dynamic to it i like the fact that you get paid decently for it and i like the fact that i know pretty much when i'm working i know it's going to be on the weekend i know it's probably going to be like 10 hours at most and yeah it's just predictable Right? And my focus is really that's another thing. There's no reshoots with weddings.
1: Yeah, you don't reshoot a wedding.
0: (laughs) Exactly. And that's the most annoying thing sometimes about a music video or with film sets is there's reshoots, right? So there's no reshoots with weddings. So that's pretty much just to give you guys those two polar opposites. Another thing I wanted to mention is that a lot of directors who made it in the film industry. Some of them don't even go to film school. The only one I can think off the top of my head, it may not be everyone's favorite director, but Kevin Smith. He dropped out of he went to Vancouver film school. He's the guy who made clerks. So he went to Vancouver film school and he had to decide between he had enough money to either continue the next semester or budget his film clerks. And he decided that he was gonna drop out and he put that money towards his film and that's the thing with oh man spike lee was a a director who literally put up i think it was his house or pretty much with film there's some serious unpredictability some directors like their stories you have to really go and hear their stories like and i'm just speaking from like the stories i've heard of these directors who made it they really had to grind to get there you could think about film school i would think a little past it You know, what's your bigger vision on what you want to do, how you want to things to go down the road. It's something to think about. If you think about these things going into film school, you'll have a greater appreciation for the time that you spend there, for the people that are accessible to you. I would say if you go to film school, don't waste your time. Make good use of the people you have around you. Make good use of the time you have there and don't play no games. I guess in conclusion, I would say, should you go to film school? Yes and no. If you're the type of person who needs that motivation or if you're uncertain about what you want to do in film and you need to find yourself, then I would go to film school. And honestly, I would start with the Media Fundamentals program. Like that program, that entry-level program, I would start with that and take time to figure yourself out when it comes to you being a filmmaker. But if you're the type of person who is kind of already doing it, kind of already putting things together. Um, If you have that entrepreneurial mindset where you're already like, if you're making moves, then I would say at minimum, find some online courses that you can take, keep creating, and then start investing in gear. And I don't mean spend $20,000 on gear. I mean, invest in what you need to actually just make a film and then start networking with people and seeing how they fall into place with you building a team or some sort of system where you guys can get to work.
1: Yeah, um, film school is, just to wrap it up, film school is not necessary for a film career, but you definitely need to know where you're going with your career. And I think film school can really help put the pieces together and tell you what you like and what you don't like. I think that did that for me and Damien. And you have options aside from film school, as well to kind of figure that out there's so many role models online now there's so many courses you the the biggest takeaway from here is know where you're going so you're not wasting time because this is a difficult industry to get a foothold in so the less time you you're fumbling around and figuring out your options the more likely you are to actually get where you want to be
0: you just saying that was just so magical. And that's how I'm going to end it. <laughs> was it actually that magical? Yeah. <laughs> it's It was just so, like, soothing, but, like, so, like... <sighs> <laughs> All right, guys. So, thank you for listening to this episode. Hopefully, that gave you guys some closure on this big question that everybody asks. Um, yeah. I hope you guys... Yeah, I hope I hope we didn't scare you guys. I know we, we came kind of came came kind of hard at certain points, but we're just trying to be real about it share our perspective. Our perspective may not be the end all be all guys. So go on YouTube. There's a lot of videos on this topic. And yeah.
1: Yeah. Thank you for joining us on this one.
0: Yeah. Take care, guys. Keep creating.